everyone. Welcome to Tell Me Why, the program for American Airlines team members that looks at the why behind the news, information, all that is going on here at American Airlines. My name is Ron DeFeo. I work on the Global Engagement Group. And today, great guest, Jill Blickstein, Chief Sustainability Officer. How are you? I'm great. Happy to be here. Thanks. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. And we've had a lot of people write in and say, hey, can we talk about sustainability? So glad you're here. Bunch to cover. But before we get going, just tell us a little bit about your background. How did you even get into the sustainability space? Well, I started out uh, with a career in pu public policy working in D.C. And then one day my boss at, at a prior job asked me if I wanted to move to New York and do corporate social responsibility. And so I did that a while ago. Uh, and that introduced me to the whole range of issues in environment, social, and governance. Sure. And uh, then I had this chance to come to American where uh, – doing sort of the same role, but we face such an enormous climate challenge that that's what I spend a lot of my time on. Which leads into my next question. A lot to talk about in this space, so we'll, we'll try to pick and choose here. But at a high level, just tell us why this issue, sustainability, is so important to us. So uh, one of the core tenets here at American is building an airline that will thrive forever. And sustainability is right at the heart of that. Um, we face an enormous climate challenge. We um, burn a lot of jet fuel. And we have a lot of emissions. And um, we have set a goal to hit net zero by 2050 in line with the Paris Agreement. Uh, one of the big challenges is that we don't have the tools and technologies today to reduce our emissions significantly. Sure. The way lots of other, you know, you see road transport moving to electric, right? We don't have that, um, which is why we have to invest today in those technologies and why we also have to work with all of the other stakeholders like governments and the aircraft manufacturers and the engine makers to help develop these technologies that we need. That's right. And so you talk about the 2050. We oh. have that. Oh, go on. I'm sorry. I wanted yeah. to say one more yeah, thing. No, please. Um, you know, we don't define sustainability as just the environment, though. Yeah. Right. Um, for example, uh, sustainability is about taking care of our team members because sure. they're our most important, important asset. Yeah. Right. And I'm so proud to work at a company that really takes diversity seriously. Uh, that's great. So, yeah. That's awesome. And you, you mentioned you were talking about the um, net zero by 2050. That's obviously a long way away, but I know, as you noted, you got to take steps now. <laughs> so talk us through how we think about, you know, achieving something that's so far away and with the science-based targets. How do you approach something like this? We set intermediate goals that we think we can meet, and then we break those down even further. So mm -hmm. for example, uh, we have the 2035 goal to reduce our carbon intensity by 45%, and that is something special that the Science-Based Targets Initiative built for airlines. Mm -hmm. uh, and we were the first airline to set that target. Right. Um, but then even before then, uh, we've set a goal to replace 10% of our jet fuel with sustainable aviation fuel, or mm. SAF, as we yep. call it, yep. right, by 2030. That's going to be hard, right? But we're doing everything we can, mm -hmm. like um, crafting bankable agreements with SAF producers sure. so they can go out and raise money. To build their to build their plants, and we're lobbying for federal policy and all kinds of other things to get there. What about like hydrogen? Very excited about our yeah. investments in hydrogen. Um, so we've invested in two companies, Universal Hydrogen and Zeravia, who are working to both retrofit smaller regional planes in the first instance, I think, with hydrogen propulsion with a, with a fuel cell. Um, but then Universal Hydrogen is also working on how to build a logistic system for hydrogen, right? We're not going to recreate the vast fossil fuel distribution system that gets fuel to airports, right. but they're working on a more modular approach. That's interesting. Go and on. then, of course, I'm really excited about uh, contrails. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, a couple of things on contrails where we had the big, you know, study out with Google Research and Breakthrough Energy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, first question, I guess, 
talk through that specifically, right? What are contrails and, and they're good and bad to contrails. Talk a little bit about that. So the so con a contrail forms, you've seen the little wispy clouds in the sky, sure. right, that are in a line. Contrails form when a plane is flying uh, through a very through very humid conditions. It's actually, they're called ice supersaturated regions. And what happens is the combination of water vapor and soot that's coming out of the engine, mm -hmm. uh, it interacts with that humidity and creates a contrail, which is essentially just another cirrus cloud. <laughs> and daytime contrails are reflecting back the sun's heat, Okay. right? But nighttime contrails are trapping the Earth's heat in, in our atmosphere. Mm. And there is an emerging scientific consensus that those nighttime contrails are vastly more warming to the planet than the daytime contrails are cooling, or even if those daytime contrails are even maybe just a li little tiny bit cooling, or maybe not at all. So contrails are tend to be very thin mm -hmm. and wide, and they're most warming when they persist at night. But the fact that they're thin and wide means that an aircraft could descend a little, like two to 4,000 feet, mm -hmm. right? And avoid creating that contrail potentially. And that's what Google and Breakthrough came, came to us to talk about. We, we, they wanted us to help them by testing their models. Hmm. So talk a little bit about kind of the study, what went into it, mm -hmm. kind of some things that we, we, we found and, and what this could mean for the industry. They came to me and, or to us, to American, and I actually went around, uh, I got very excited about it because it's very rare for us to have I said before that we don't have the tools to reduce our emissions today, but it's very rare for someone to come and say, here's something that maybe you could help create. You could help lead the way on this. For sure. And so I went around and I thought, I thought to myself, oh, no one's ever going to let me do this, right? And we, I went around to the whole senior team and people were like, this is exciting. It's exciting mm -hmm. to be able to use our expertise, for example, to contribute. And so, you know, as I said, there's small altitude changes. So we worked with uh, Google and Breakthrough, both had models to predict the contrail. And every week we would meet with them, these amazing scientists, and uh, some of our most experienced technical pilots, and we would look at the contrail likely map. We would select a flight, a couple of flights for that week. Sure. They would run the flight, and then on the back end of that, uh, Google and Breakthrough could look at the satellite data and verify. Huh. It's uh, kind of interesting, right? They, yeah. would, they would verify, they would look at the wind, and they would estimate where the contrail should be. And then they could look to see if the contrail was created or not. Hmm. And in the end, we wanted were statistically significant results, and we got them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Doing, you know, about 70 flights, and not all of those could even be included in the test. But right. uh, we created 54% uh, fewer contrails using those models as measured in distance. Wow. And this is a, just a really important first proof point. Like, there will be lots of other ways to do this, and it, and it won't be as manual as we did. And right. There's all kinds of technologies coming, but... It was a, one of the most exciting things I've uh, gotten to do in my career. That's very cool. Anything else to add? What are you excited about the rest of the year and the next year? Very excited about uh, watching and helping grow this market for SAF because that's sure. what's going to help us really reduce our emissions in the next decade. Well, you have a lot of these targets. I think we have a lot of these targets. We do. 2050. I mean, that's like 25, 27 years of content. We can have you back on every year, every month. I hope you do. To talk about that. So that is absolutely fabulous. Well, thank you for being here. I know we, our, our team members have been asking about this topic, so thank you for answering some of those questions that have come in. Tell me why I lives on JetNet. You know where we are. If you have things you want to hear about, learn about, know about, like sustainability, drop us a line. We'll be sure to get you a guest on here to answer those questions. Thanks again. See you on the next episode of Tell Me Why.